We're gonna have a we're gonna have a scorcher this week, y'all. Buckle down, all you crazy kids out there listening. It's hot out there. Stay cool. That's what I say. Stay inside. Don't do anything. It fe- it honestly feels like winter. Like if there was a summer camp going on right now here in Texas, these kids would be dead. But it'd be pretty obvious who the uh, villain is. This would well, be the sun. In Texas, yeah, of course. All the these kids would especially be dead. And then at the end, you, it'd be the sun would be the one killing everybody. All the heat strokes. And at the end, you realize the sun is actually the moon this whole time. You know, let's try not ju- to jump immediately. Into spoilers, <laughs> Ryan. We got to bring up uh, some other news. Uh, we were at uh, Adam's funeral this weekend. Oh, Beautiful yeah. Sun. Rest in peace. You know, he was the only person that died on that plane crash. <sighs> Which is unfortunate because I was hoping it'd get his kid too, so we could just knock this bloodline out. But his kid survived. Well, you, you got to adopt. You're adopting the kid, though. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? It's you should be. <laughs> See, now a that you have a real the- love and thunder situation. Well, the other thing is it could be a real sleepaway camp situation because you could you could raise <laughs> that kid in any image you desire. I guess I am that kid's got unofficial godfather. You see, when you adopt someone's kid, like a family member's, or when they're like nine years old, you can just change their identity, change their name, change everything oh. about them. As long as you're a crazy bitch with a red beret. No one will question what you. Is her deal? Aunt, the aunt from Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, but what's her deal? She's a doctor. Yeah, she's crazy. Aunt Martha. Okay, so what did we watch? We watched Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway which Camp from- kind of pissed me off because I've never, I've got, I've only been to one sleepover camp in my life, and it was a church camp, and it was two nights long, is like a weekend long. The adults slept in the all the guy, all the boys. It was a it was the second time I touched a booby. Uh and I got stepped on by a horse. And I found out I didn't like Jesus that much. Yeah, so Sleepaway Camp, 1983, written and directed by Robert Hiltzik. This movie is about New York camping. Now, New York camping is a, like New England camping, Northeast camping. This is a special kind of sleepaway camp. This is like the kind of sleepaway camp you see in all these early 80s slasher movies, uh, Friday the 13th, The Burning, Sleepaway Camp. And then, of course, you got like the comedies. You got Meatballs. You got Ernest Goes to Camp, of course, although that was shot in Tennessee. That's more of a drama, but yeah. You got Little Darlings. You got... Camping was big in the early 80s, late 70s. And you... Yeah, why? Your generation missed out on it because there was a lot of uh, shenanigans going on at these camps. Well, like murders? Murders. We're talking murders, aliens, fucking premarital sex. Yeah, I mean, I just told you at at church camp was uh, the second time I touched a boob in my life. 
Let me ask you this. Did you ever go to and outdoors? Then the, and then the next day I got stepped on by a horse. So maybe there is a guy up there saying, nah, 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 you don't touch that boo-boo. Let me ask you this. Did you ever go to outdoor school? A one week long no. camp trip with your classmates? Uh, I did. Like a survival? School. No, man. We stayed we didn't in, do uh, anything. We stayed in cabins. Yeah, that's what our church camp was like. But uh, no, we did all of our school things were like daily. So we'd go and we'd just be there for like six hours and then we'd get picked up. Okay, this is called day camp. I also went to day camp. I went to both. But it, it used to be it used to be a sleep camp. But for some reason, they cut it out. <clears throat> I will tell you that the chef character in sleepaway camp okay so i this will be i'll try to make this quick i uh graduated with this guy who ended up moving and i don't know this guy um who ended up moving to texas yeah and he ended up being a camp counselor oh yeah and then he ended up um molesting kids at this camp as the counselor and then he went to um like jail for 10 years and then he got out of jail or prison or whatever, parole, whatever he was on, and moved back to Lincoln, Nebraska, and posed, he's 33, my age, posed as a 17-year-old, joined my brother's church and my brother's church group as a 17-year-old, faked a graduation, like I had the whole shindig, got photos and everything, but he's like, I'm graduating in Texas, so nobody can come to my graduation party. And hung out with my niece and nephew in their house before. And he's this 33. Dude, and like, so he, yeah, but they thought he was some 17 year old. And then it came out. Everything I just told you came out later. They did some investigation because he was kind of creeping them out. And they found out he was this dude I graduated with, like graduated with. And then he was this ugh, creep. <clears throat> so, yeah, I ain't sending none of my kids to no camps. Just a bunch of horny teens watching a bunch of horny preteens. Okay, Weird. let me ask you this. You're raising a kid. Your kid's like 11, 12, 13. Wouldn't it be good for them to see like if they can handle defending themselves against an adult child molester? No. Like, isn't that the ultimate? That should be like a game show. That should be like America. <laughs> Ninja it warrior. Is. It's called the catch a predator. Yeah, but like it's kids running through on the camp. other end, I guess. Yeah, it's like it's like Nickelodeon style guts competitions, like kids, you know, in helmets, knee pads, wearing bright colored fl like fluorescent clothing, and they're yeah. running through a campground while a cook and like a bodybuilding in gym or bodybuilding counselor are trying to molest them and catch them. And they're just wearing short shorts and greasy chef's outfits. And then the final boss is the, the camp owner who's an old oh cigar chopping creep. And he's like trying to go on a date with you. A de that's the funniest thing in this movie. He's like, you want, let's go on a date <laughs> at the camp. Like, what the fuck? He goes on a date with Meg, the really mean uh, M -E -G. camp counselor. One of my favorite edits in any movie. She goes, my name is Meg. And then it cuts it's a whole separate cut like close-up cut and she goes m-e-g and then it's a different cut like is that necessary <laughs> this director you, we did, should talk did about fuck up the tape yeah what's going on with this so this guy 
made this movie. He was just trying to cash in on the horror movie boom. And this is when directors have no passion and are just trying to catch in, like catch on a boom. Catch a wave. Post Friday the 13th slasher boom. In the early 80s, I believe 1981, but I could be wrong. Like around that time, apparently there was a week where every single Friday, at least one slasher movie was released. And all these movies are low budget. They're just copying Halloween, Friday the 13th. Yeah. They're just so much you can do. There's only so much you can do, but they were cheap. They're fast. You know, there's so many of these movies. Tom Hanks is in one in one of his early roles. I think it's happy birthday to me, but I can't. I don't. I might be wrong. Are you thinking There's of like, the neighbors, the suburbs? Neighbors, not the show where he's dressed up like a woman. No, I'm thinking of the suburbs. Is that a movie? Where, the burbs yeah, with Tom Hanks. The burbs. The burbs. The burbs. Come on, Ryan. Hey, I'm not the movie guy. I'm the twisted the- teaman. All right, so Sleepaway Camp is supposed to just be another one of these, you know, run-of-the-mill slasher movies. But this guy, I don't know what he was thinking, but for some reason he made the single most, like, offensive, fucked-up, disturbing horror movie of the era without even trying. Like, he just... It is pretty offensive. It's offensive because... Like you said, in the there's a chef who is trying to molest children at the beginning of the movie. And that's just how the movie starts after like five minutes. Like and it's he already- literally does the McConaughey line where he literally goes, they just keep getting younger or they keep no, no, staying no. young. What does he say? <laughs> I think you're almost on it, dude. He's like, no. they just stay, they keep staying. I young. get he all like the- licks his lip. He says, I get older and they stay the same age. And then he licks his lips for like 90 seconds of a close up. So and then the, uh, the other counselor is just looking at him. He's just making eye contact with him like, bro, you are a fucking pedophile. And then he just no. walks away. No, 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 no. So the guy okay. who looks at him is an, is another cook. He's black. And his name is Robert Earl Jones, the actor. That is James Earl Jones' father. That is the father of Darth Vader. Oh, my God. He's in this movie. So his eyebrows looked so familiar. We have to we have to also talk about another thing this movie does, which makes it so much more disturbing than all the other slasher movies of the era. And that is this is a movie about 12 and 13 year olds. This isn't about 17 year olds, 20 year olds pretending to be like actual children. Friday the 13th is about camp counselors um, getting together, getting together the week before the camp opened. So it's only counselors and no children. This is a movie about middle school kids. It has tons of sex, nudity, violence, huge body count. Funny violence, funny violence. Like the deaths are great. So the the first guy, yes. (laughs) The first guy to get killed is the cook, the molester. Now he kind of deserves it, obviously, because he's a child molester and he's pretty open about it. Well, and they said that this sets up the, okay. So the whole setup, the movie starts with a family, right? Swimming at this lake eight years prior 
to the camp actually the main plot happening, right? There are these children. It's not eight years, but maybe there's like these little kids. No, it literally says eight years later. Okay, so there's these two little kids. They're with their father. They're on a boat and like a like a very small sailboat. Now, this is something that would probably just kind of like brush you by, but there's a shot in this movie of two kids and a father on a sailboat, and then it tips over and all the kids fall in the water. Well, all in the same t- shot. The kids push the dad out, which is a shot that is pretty important. Well, they the like sneak thing- up on the dad, play prank on him, push him out. But what I'm Which trying to get at the first kill. Sorry. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is that you would never see little kids like that perform a stunt like that in a yeah. normal movie. I'm talking. What, OK, these are like imagine you're a director and you have a five year old and like a six year old actor and you put them on a boat and you're like, all right, I'm going to tip the boat over. Like, that's pretty fucking yeah. dangerous. Like no one would even do that. So this guy doesn't really know better and he's already taking risks. So these, this is his first movie. It was his first movie. And then he didn't make another movie until like 35 years later when he made the sequel. Oh, I was going to so, say till this became a cult classic. Or like 25 years later. So all the two kids and the father in the water. Then you see another group of people um, water skiing. And it's like that Friday the 13th thing. Irresponsible teenagers fucking around they're too horny it's distracting they let this girl who has no experience drive the boat and she just runs into them killing killing some of them but we don't know who they kill killing one child and they basically said the dad we see the dad we see the dad floating dead he's dead so they basically make it like angela's the survivor she's the the kid who survived she's going to camp with ricky her cousin (laughs) And her aunt's weird, but we don't really know too much about what's going on. Okay. She just like they has gotta... inner dialogue. Yeah. She's just clearly a little in a little off, as my she grandpa t- used to say. A little off. Yes. She ties a ribbon around her finger. She's like, what did I forget? Oh, that's right. Your medical permission slips or something. In physicals, like, yeah. Physicals. And they make a big deal about how like <clears throat> no one can see their physicals or blah, blah, blah. Yeah make sure you don't you tell anybody that i because she's a doctor so she clearly is doing her own physicals you know how so, docs do so the kids go to camp and then immediately as they're running off the also hold on buses, William, sorry hold on i don't i didn't think that was weird because every doctor that i've i used like you know how all of us used to get physicals every weekend um in middle school when you're about 10 to 13 i had to go to the doctor every weekend and get physicals and every time i left he would say don't tell your parents about this so i didn't see what was weird about the mom saying that you did that too right for like three years you went to the doctor and then he cupped your balls and he made you cough and then he said don't tell anybody about this well no ryan because unlike you i was part of the group of kids who didn't like being molested you're part of the special category No, the difference is you probably probably didn't have a good enough health plan growing up, you son of a bitch. You didn't have a doctor. Mm, I mean, this guy lived in an alley, but. You know, you enjoy being molested, Ryan. Well, the thing was, I started showing up two, three times a week for a physical. And the doctor's like, Ryan, you can't just keep showing up two, three times a week. This is going to get suspicious. And I go, come on, doc, I need a physicky. Come on, I'm just coming in, turning my head and coughing. 
we joke, but that's a realist. That's a real thing about kids who are molested. Like in the Michael Jackson documentary, they talk about the kids who he was molesting. Eventually they got too old and he would replace them. And then they would be jealous of the new kids so that they, were younger. Yeah. It's like, cause you, you're yep. emotionally, um, you fell in love with your doctor just the same way these kids fell in love with Michael Jackson. No, you I fell in love a- with the physical touch of his physicals. It sounds like you're kidding. I was, ne- I was never molested as a kid, and it's not a funny subject if you were. Don't do it's it. Kind- Don't fuck with kids, y'all. But if you. But I specifically we'll try- feel we're like trying- our audience needs to hear. <laughs> needs to we're hear trying this- to make it funny. We're trying. Yeah. Okay. Don't break the fourth wall, Ryan. I can't. No, I'm t- I think our audience needs to hear it because I guarantee our audience is molesters, pedophiles. Y'all do not do it. Knock it off. What about Andrew Dice Clay on stage being like, and guys, I just want to say I don't mean any of this stuff I just said tonight. I would have laughed so hard if he would have said that, if he would do that. Just a little apology. Now we joke, but this is uh, a but hickory. Yeah, we do our hickory dickory docs. And now we're going to sit down and have a hickory hickory talk because I'm serious. (laughs) He's serious about three things. Climate change, veganism, and cigarettes. This is a fake cig, y'all. Don't smoke. Don't dice smoke. Where the dice says don't smoke. So these this cook is molesting these kids. That's what he's like in the baldies. Attempting. So James Earl Jones's dad is like knows laughing. Is laughing. He's like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those kids are too young to know what you're talking about. I mean, this is he's and he's supposed to play like a dummy, right? This is great writing. Yeah, he's a dummy. He's into it. He thinks it's funny. Yeah, all the black characters in this movie work very offensive. Yeah, all the black characters work and they're stupid. Yes, it's it's only black and Hispanic and they're run in the kitchen and they're run by that fat pedophile white dude. So at the end of the day, I'd rather look stupid than look like a pedophile. <laughs> so they got it. They got off good in this case. So Angela doesn't speak. She's one of our classic movie mutes. Whenever a person traumatized, traumatized doesn't talk, they don't talk. OK, nor does she eat. So she doesn't eat anything. And then the the counselor sends her to the back to get her something cooked by the the chef and the yeah, first thing like, he does is he takes her into the closet and he starts unbuckling his belt i got something I got, you might like yeah and she's just, just kinda, middle of the day it's like bro you're in the middle of cooking food you can't just drop everything like i just watched the show the bear you can't just drop everything <laughs> it's about of a course chef. you can't just drop everything to go molest a kid in the walk-in like you're gonna have to let your sous chef know, like turn some temps down. You can't just willy nilly. I agree with you, Ryan, but I appreciate this movie moving fast because yes. I don't want to see the process of him testing the waters, which is what a real pedophile does. A real pedophile. Yes. Builds a relationship and then make sure that how person, you do it. Yeah. They, I make sure they don't speak. You know, they don't tell their parents. So it's like first thing, I'm a couple of nudie mags. You know, let's see if they you got to befriend them. It seemed like you're we're peers. 
I'm sure your doctor didn't go right down on you the first time you went there for your physical. I'm sure he took his time. No, he did it because it was the first time I went for a physical. It was a real, it was an actual physical. Like my mom was in the room and we did it. And he goes and he, he unzipped and he wasn't even, I was the only one because he's like, I've never done this before. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. He unzipped my pants to, and to do the normal physical. And then he goes, God damn. And he looked at my mom and he goes, you seen the hog on this kid? <laughs> That's because and you my were mom actually... goes, I made it. You were on the Olympic female team. Yeah. Of 2012. <laughs> and, and Larry Nasser was your uh, doctor. It was a real Dirk Digley situation or whatever his name was. <laughs> God damn. Uh, the doctor goes, I got to touch this thing. And my so, mom goes, go for it. It's huge. It's a huge hog. You can molest a child if with their parents' permission. It's just like how kids can drink alcohol if they're at home with their parents and their parents give it to them. No, uh, the no, they're my kids. I would love to see that in a court of law. <laughs> that defense. No, it's my oh. kid. I said they could drink. What do you mean I'm under arrest? So this guy tries to molest her, and then Ricky comes in. He's like, "What the hell, man?" And he like pushes them and saves her. And then he's like. Be quiet about this. Blah, blah, blah. So there's the setup. We got two key suspects for the murderer because they're the only two that witnessed his atrocities. And then we see him cooking what I could only describe as the single largest pot of food I've ever seen in a movie. The pot he's cooking in is like seven feet tall. That's what I (laughs) drunkenly wrote. Yes. And then the second I wrote that and I look back up and I go, oh, he's going to fall into that pot. Of course. It's so obvious. Now, I saw this movie. (laughs) The first time I saw this movie, I was five years old. (laughs) So they even make pots that big, though. It blew my mind and everything about this movie worked. Watching it as an adult, it's a little cartoony. It's a little more obvious about where it's going. But let's see how big biggest pot for cooking. I mean, that's a real pot. There's no way he like had a custom made pot. That would be some fun ass trivia about sleepaway camp, though. If he had a custom made iron, he had some Japanese blacksmith make it on the mountains of. It's also very thin. It's a very thin and tall pot. Like there's lots of pots that are. I feel like, like you'd use that for science more than you'd use it for cooking. Well, it's so incredibly dangerous that it would just tip over and cause a fucking problem. Like there's that, very but lo- also that's not how cooking works. Like the heat rate, like it, it wouldn't work. It's yeah, too tall. Like it would, but like to boil water and make, I guess, stews and soups it's and like stuff. A, it's like the size of a water heater. It's so fucking big. It is definitely not meant to be on a stove. That's supposed no. to be on a fire on the ground. <laughs> it needs to be low. It needs to be wide. Maybe would, even be- underground. It would be better if he had a, like a, a wide pot that went on four burners or just four pots. But it's not about the pot. OK, no, uh, it is, though, because it's distractingly large. Angela, I mean, uh, someone else comes in. A kid comes in with very masculine hands. You only see it from their POV. And they this oh, guy's like, hands every time I've noticed the chef. Uh, he likes to cook. So he gets on a chair in order to salt the pot. He has to stand above it. And then this kid like pushes the chair under him, causing him to fall forward and grab on a ledge. And then now he's uh, over his face is over the open mouth of the pot, the boiling pot. 
and he's and barely that, clinging onto the shelf above the shelf that is higher than the seven foot pot. This is a nine foot shelf. The purport, none of this makes sense. He could only be killed in this situation. There's nothing. They're just boiling corn. And they he's on just, he's only on a chair. He could have easily evaded the, he, cause so he's like barely holding on. The chair's about to fall. The situation is if the chair moves anymore, he's going to fall onto the stove because instead he, of pushing himself away from the wall and just falling back into that giant rack of food and flour. And then when they pull the chair under him, he falls and grabs the pot. The like pot. Hugs, he like hugs and pulls it, it down with it. And pulls it down with them. He hugs he it like an anime body pillow. And he pulls that sucker right down like it's his waifu. And then he, he starts <laughs> screaming because he's getting third degree burns and he is burnt to shit. It's good practical effects. I will say there was a lot of good boils. Whoever did the whoever did like the burning and then the bee thing and then the like anytime there was like a boil or a bubbling of the skin, great. This is a Very great, great way, makeup. This is a great way to start the movie because this is one of the best kills in the movie and it makes the weaker kills later on it still kind of works because you start off with such a bang. I mean, this guy's yeah. and this guy deserves it. And this kill also looks so much like an accident <clears throat> that it makes sense for them not to close the camp. But Cover later on, up. that becomes a huge plot hole because most of these other slasher movies would just have them do all the killing in one night. Yeah. This movie is like it's, four days. It's like weeks of people getting like no, Children it's like are, a week. It's like a week. Children are getting killed. So that guy's killed. Actually, how, no really I'm going to look about up. it. It's like the course of two weeks. So this guy's killed. No one cares. And then the movie just kind of has a hangout vibe because there's no real plot. It's just like a, it's just like a camp story now. Now we watch like a, the kids play a like baseball a link letter. Game. Yeah, it's like a link letter <laughs> fucking summer camp. Days to confuse. Everybody wants um just a hangout. Like these kids play a baseball game and we watch them like, oh, I guess the 12 year olds are going to beat the 15 year olds. And we watch like four innings of that. And then there's no real payoff. It's just like, yeah, the kids won. They beat the, the older kids. There's just a lot of like mean, nasty teenagers in this movie who are all constantly. Yeah, who like, ju- well, they all just got boobs and balls and stuff. Like they're, they're they all just, all just like, hit puberty over the course of the last since last summer camp. So now they're just assholes. And they're like, "Fuck you, bitch." Well, yeah, Ricky. You. Oh my god, Ricky is so. Ricky comes back and the first thing he said, his friend comes up and goes, "Hey, uh, who's the mean girl with the boobs?" Judy. Judy, he's like, hey, Judy, uh, you see Judy? She's got like she's got big old honkers now. He didn't say it like that, but he's like, she's got boobs now. And Ricky oh, he was puts like his hands underneath his chest and goes like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very big. They're- and he like and he like <laughs> makes like big handfuls of giant tits. But they're really you know, not that big in hindsight, though. So I was watching Angela in during this scene. I watched her. I like this actor. She, she was like, even Angela's though she was talk. She was a good distant mute. Uh, but in hindsight, 
that was probably an extremely hard thing to hear because you know why and uh, boobs and Angela. Well, also work. she that she ends up dating the kid, Ricky's friend, Paul, played by Christopher Collette, who ended up becoming kind of a big actor in the eighties. He was, he was great in- too. He was a good actor in this one, I'd say. And I don't like he- kids acting. So he's the only one. But, that really but Ricky, we find out Ricky was hooking up with the girl with the big boobs. Now, he's last like, yeah. summer, last summer, they fooled around or something. Now she's too good for him. Now she wants nothing to do with him. She just yeah. does her hair and then flexes her tits. So we watched the kids play baseball. We watched them have a balloon fight. They throw a balloon at Angela. They're having a balloon fight on a roof. That just seems dangerous. I like how their activities are so boring. Because that's how camp is. You don't really yeah. do anything. You're just like fucking around. It's like. That's the appeal, it's like right? P- it's like PE all day. You go on a hike, throw water balloons, you play baseball. There's like arts daycare. and crafts. It's literally daycare. You'll like have a scavenger hunt, capture the flag. Maybe do a survival thing. Learn how to make a fire. This movie has a definite influence over Wet Hot American Summer because Ken Marino's character is so much like the muscle <laughs> guy in this movie. Absolutely. The muscle oh guy in this movie is so funny. I did not connect those dots. Did you see the scene? So there's the people are getting killed and then the camp owner, he thinks it's Ricky. Did you notice in the scene where he confronts Ricky? Yeah, with that the muscle dudes in the background just lifting weights. No, let me show you this shit. <laughs> so dumb. And is he like older than the? He seems to be like twenty one, where the other counselors are like eighteen. Dude, there it makes no sense. I don't know how old Meg is. I don't know how old this chick is that goes on the date. Was it? With the, the fucking I think. Owner. It, I think it was the muscle guy. I wrote down this quote. I should have wrote down who said it, but I think it was the muscle guy talking to Meg. And it was my favorite quote of the movie. It was after Meg was being a real dickhead to one of the kids, probably Angela. And, and he just goes, you're a real peckerhead, Meg. Yes. Just like, just brutally. Like he was so genuine. You know, you're a real peckerhead, Meg. Like really, everybody's been calling her a fucking bitch and a whore and a cunt. And like, and you're going to hit her with the peckerhead. I'll just post it on Twitter because it's so funny and it's just so hard to find because the movie is like, it's almost like non-linear because it's, there's no, there is no direction to the story. You're just watching a series of camp shenanigans and like atrocities. Waiting for there to be a reason. So everybody that keeps getting killed or once the killing start, it's always anybody who fucks with Angela. So that's the main catalyst. Obviously she's the... She's the, the protagonist. Te- the teenage kid who throws the balloon at Angela. He's killed by a, a beehive's nest being placed he, in the bathroom. He goes into the a cabin shit. and he, go, he goes, they're like, hey, you're going to meet us down to play football or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I just got to take a massive shit first. <laughs> yeah, I got to take and a wicked he, shit. And then he uh, goes into the stall and then you see a broom handle slide into the doors to lock the stall. And then you see a knife on the outside of the cabin cut through the screen on the window and then a stick with a beehive on the end comes waving in and this dude just starts freaking out and never gets off the pot i don't it takes, think that would kill you 
if you're allergic. But how does he's it's not brought up that he's allergic. No, but here's the thing, too. It wouldn't do that to your body, first of all. He has like second of all, there's not one bee. There's not one single insect in any of these shots. Just the noise of bees and a beehive. Yes. And then he sits on the toilet and he's like, ah, ah. And he never thinks to pull his pants up. And then he does. he's, He's like banging on the door. And he's like, I'm trapped in here, bro. Lay down, slide out, no. walk away. Come on, Ryan. That's crazy. He's only wearing half a T-shirt. You expect him to do that? All the and dudes are wearing like huge, cutoffs. Huge. Yeah, it was the time. Huge mistake. Not putting funny fart noise, poop noises. Well, he, ah, 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 like he's still pooping while he's getting killed by bees. I would be pooping more. Or would you clinch up? What if a bee flew up your butthole? That might have happened. I would have loved. That's probably what happened. Something like that. (laughs) I got to say, this is one of the weaker kills in the movie. Now, this actually scared me a lot when I was a kid. Because I was afraid of bee stings. Which I think is so funny because it's like a big It'd be like a skyscraper being afraid of a human punching it. I know. My girlfriend's afraid of bee stings because she's never been stung by a bee. She should go make sure she's not allergic. She probably is. She's very allergic to everything. So that's a weak kill. There's another kill early on where there's like skinny dipping. Now, this is like a big thing in the early 80s. Skinny dipping seemed like like the coolest, most exciting thing in the world. At all these camp movies, it's like a cornerstone of the camp movie. It's like, did you ever going to be it? naked? No, because I don't. I didn't live by the woods. I've never skinny dipped in a lake. We would just do it in pools. Yes, and you're like probably like in your twenties. Um, you, no, no, we do it when we were like eighteen, but it'd always just be the boys. Yes, and we'd be like, yeah, it'd be like the boys, and and like it would happen. We'd all just be hanging out, drinking in a pool or smoking, and then all of a sudden, just old, wet, soggy, fucking swim trunks would slap on your face, and you'd be like, what the fuck? And then your boy Adam's over there with his dungus out under the water, and you're like, eh, that. And then he comes over, and you guys kiss a little, and then like the your other guy takes his van. You know what I mean? R.I.P. Adam, we miss you. And dude. then you're underwater, sixty nine, with your best friend Adam. You bet. Adam there. would be the easiest guy to molest if he was alive, but like <laughs> he wouldn't fight back. I bet it would be similar for a pedophile to coerce Adam at his age now. Coerce Adam at his age now. It it would be like tricking a five year old. Like the same kind of dialogue candy. would probably happen. It'd Just be playing a video game. <laughs> You want a PlayStation game? What he's doing his electroshock therapy, but every time he's like getting shocked, he's just getting molested by his doc. Like he doesn't even know it. <laughs> uh, like that uh, anesthesiologist or whatever you sent. The Brazilian anesthesiologist who was putting his penis in a mouth this woman's mouth while she was getting a cesarean in the same room as other doctors. Just using how do the they sheet. not see? Well, they they don't, they're not looking. I could be getting 
I could be molesting a woman right now and you wouldn't even know it, Ryan. Yeah, I would. There could be an unconscious woman under my desk right now. Yeah, no, no. there isn't. How you, There's no way you are strong enough to move an unconscious body. Nevertheless, and I, don't believe, and I don't believe you got somebody to crouch under your desk and then you made them unconscious. I don't believe that. All right, all right. You weak I, bitch. But you wouldn't know if that was true. If I was strong. It's always who you least suspect. Okay. They say that, but then whenever you see him, it's like, yeah, Dahmer, I would have suspected the hell out of that guy. Never trust like a hottie. Him. Never trust yeah. a hottie. <laughs> Never trust a hottie. They'll break your heart at, at, le- at the best case scenario. They'll break your heart. Worst case scenario, they'll kill you, drill a hole in your skull and fuck it. There's a, you know, the story of Jeffrey Dahmer when one of his victims ran out of the house bleeding. Yeah. And the police moved, brought him back. Yeah. Cause he didn't speak English. Cause he, he was lobotomized. He didn't speak at all. They thought he was meant he, he, he said he was like his mentally handicapped partner or like bipolar, or emotionally unstable love partner. And they fucking walked into his house. They were in the house, two cops. And this is why we got to defund y'all. Well, you know, it's hard to like catch a serial killer. You know, you don't know if it's yeah, an accident. You don't know if it's real. It could just be like, hey, there's these kids, you know, they're skinny dipping. They're going in a boat. Next thing you know, someone flips over the boat. Every kill in sleepaway camp has the person turning and going, oh, it's you. What do you yeah. want? And you only see the back of the killer's head. And it's obviously supposed to obviously be the brother ricky they're setting it up yes, to be ricky. Or the cousin the cousin ricky and yes. they literally just show short-haired person this is the scene what gave it away um because his hair's short and under the boat so i believe it was actually ricky that killed well they're using ricky as the, the body devil you see ricky killing people a bunch of times um you see like, it just looks like Ricky. You yeah. can tell it's him. So this kid gets drowned, and it's he's held underwater and drowned by another child. It's like, I don't think this would be a very easy way to kill someone. But the no, next you day... you would drown as well. The next day, this one guy shows up, and he's like, these fucking kids. And there's, like, tables and chairs in the water. And he's all pissed. He's cleaning it up. He's like, what's that doing there? And he walks... And sees a boat that's turned over, lifts it up, and there's like a dead body of a kid. So decomposed. (laughs) And then a snake crawling out of his mouth in a really cool long shot. And then they're like, hmm, that was weird. He was one of the best swimmers. And then there's like an ambulance. And a fucking kid is dead. This is the first kid to die in the movie. And then like no one cares. It cuts to a bunch of kids. Accident. Yeah, a bunch of kids are just playing volleyball and not even talking about it. They're like, oh, isn't it weird that kid died? No. Yeah, the camp would shut down. Also, at this point, we don't know what happened to the chef. He got carted away in the ambulance and they're like, yeah, he they're like, is he going to make it? And we go, I don't know. It's pretty bad shape, but he'd probably make it. He's probably going to survive. And then we tell who it was. Exactly. And then we we, like Angela. 
fucking threw threw me. Yeah, under once the, he stopped screaming, water. it would probably take 30 minutes for him to stop screaming. Even though the guy's like, we don't have enough medicine. He's in too much pain. Him heroin. Well, eight, yeah, or just wait it out. Just you're just gonna have to wait it out. The boy's gonna be in pain until he's not. That's how pain works. So it's Angela killing the kids. Angela's also starting to see this boy, Paul, who's the nice guy. But cute Judy, ass little Fast and Furious, Ryan, what's his name? Paul Ryan, Paul Walker looking <laughs> ass kid. You are. You were a little under the weather today, right? Paul Ryan. Paul, Paul Ryan, you little Nolan, Nolan Ryan looking ass kid out here trying to get a baseball game started. He looks like Fucking a Paul, Paul Revere. <laughs> I'm under the weather every day, William. I'm vaping. So, Angela's killing everybody. Everybody thinks it's Ricky. This girl, especially Meg, the owner, the owner is obsessed about it being Ricky. He goes, he asks out Meg on a date and then she's like, oh, absolutely. And then she's like, she wants to take a shower, but the line is long. So then she goes to an abandoned cabin, an empty cabin. And then she's showering and she's like humming and it's really shitty acting. She's just like, <laughs> you know how you shower and just do that. <laughs> yeah, She's <laughs> like not even then, making a song. You know, when you shower, you just lean against the wall. So she leans back against the wall and then the Angela just fucking stabs her through. Well, like we a don't bathroom, know. Spoils through a bathroom metal wall and then slices <laughs> down like three feet. And she's like, uh, uh, she like, doesn't pull forward at all. No, it's insane. She just sits there and takes it all the way down her spine. Every kill is like 90 seconds too long, too. And then uh, Judy is killed when a she's like sitting in her cabin alone. And then so this is a body count of three. And then Judy will be the fourth. There's a bunch of people killed. I don't remember. So then Ricky is wearing a wig in the doorway. It's still kid. It's the actor playing Ricky. He's backlit. He's wearing a wig. And it's like it's lit from behind. But you can tell it's him. They're trying to like make you not know who the killer is. They're trying to do this thing like cruising yeah. or Whodunit. Zodiac. Zodiac did it. But then Judy's like, oh, it's you. What do you want? And then they take her curling iron and you see her oh. hands, like her shadow of her hands go yeah. up. You see the curling iron go into her vagina, basically in the shadow. It's, it's implied. I don't know if that would kill you. No, but she was supposedly getting suffocated by the pillow at the same time. Right. But it's like Angela is strong. She's so strong. She has like a, well, she has the ability yeah, to like drown people. Stab 13 walls. vibe. She's inhuman. And we no, see that at the end. She's not inhuman because of her purpose. When you have purpose and drive, it's the mother's effect. Uh, what is that? What is that? Sci it's this is true science. Like a mother, the mother's strength. If a mother sees her kid like under a car, the um, yeah, she's human not, mother could lift a car up. She's this not doing girl's that. Got purpose. Wow. I guess murder you is her put baby. me in my Mur place. Murder is her baby, and she's getting super strong. When you want something, you will get it. 
she has the secret on her side. She believes in herself. She can cut she through walls. She, she's not tied up with dialogue. She ain't there's talking. A, she's doing actions speak an, louder than words. There's another thing going on where four kids are spending the night out in the woods in a trail. And the guy who's taking them out goes to gather firewood. And when he comes back, there's like four bloody corpses in sleeping bags. Piled up. Oh, people- no, they're like sp- spread out. That was a cool shot. That was a really cool shot, I thought. That has nothing to do with Angela's revenge thing at all. What is her revenge? There is no revenge. Well, when people make oh, I fun guess people of her. Pick, a, pick on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Meg threw her in the water. Well, and we know as at the going all the way back to the beginning of the movie when they're before her brother gets killed or whatever, they talk about how they really wish they could go to this summer camp. And the, the dads are like, he says something where he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe next year. Like they can't afford it or something or well, I don't know. But somehow the summer camp was very important to these kids before. the. Trauma. I don't know. if you, He's like, I don't know if you can go to that summer camp that we're at right now where I'm swimming. They in- weren't at it, though. Because the, on the other side the of lake. the lake is like is like residential cabins. I mean, it's so ridiculous. The motivations are absurd in this movie. So it turns out Angela's parents were gay. She was she's making out with her boyfriend, and then there's a, that was a pretty flashback. obvious at the beginning, though. Yes, but there's a flashback to her and her to oh, her and her brother, brother watching the two men like lay in bed and have like the worst gay sex I've ever seen in a movie. They're, They're just, just cuddling. like, it's like two straight guys who don't want to actually be gay. And they're like touching very lightly on like the shoulder. So these shots, I want to talk about the direction on these because the, the whole style of the film changes up when they go into memories and right. And it looks like it's filmed on a stage in like a black box theater. So yes. it's like the bat. It's beautiful. The the backlighting and the everything. So it looks just like an abyss behind. Yes. A scene, which this is, is all was unplanned. This is all unplanned. This it is just all happened accidental. to look so good. Yes, because what happened is there's an amazing shot of the ant? the reveal where the ant tells the surviving child from the beginning I think its name is Paul also and she's going to call him Angela after the accident and the camera spins around and it's revealed this is like towards the end of the movie but that was a reshoot and they were pissed because they had to rebuild the set in a high school gymnasium or something oh that was and it's all black though and that's also where they shoot the weird rotating bed stuff and the weird sex scene. So it's like those scenes make the flashbacks work because they're dreamlike and they're like yeah. foggy and they're like, it's like just a memory. It has more atmosphere, but that apparently the, the crew was pissed because they had to do all this work and it cost all this money. So they actually had to make like a decent shot and they're pissed. Like when they actually yes. have to do work, but look at what because, happens. The two best they, scenes are those two scenes. But don't forget at the beginning of the movie, Ryan, when the aunt is telling these two kids to go to camp. Yeah, that stairway. Shot, they could have just shot that scene at that day. Yeah. 
that like that morning and been done with it. No, I get that, why they're pissed. Yes. So this director is having a tough time with his movie. And also I think he had like, he ended up get, working at a law office. So I think he's spending this all is like his a rich hobby? dad friends money. Oh, gotcha. all the producers at the end are these oh, like it, weird company name listings of like, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> and his accounting is listed as his father's company. So, also at the beginning, it says in loving memory. It's such a weird way to start this movie off. It's like in loving memory of mom. You were a dear friend. Da, 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 da. No, it says in loving memory of mom, a doer. Like, Is that shit part done. of the movie? No, that's just his. It's just part of his beautiful message. And then, so he says in loving memory of mom, a doer. And then we proceed to watch a movie where a mother uh, does change a boy into a girl <laughs> against its will and turns it into a create this boy girl and do a crazy Murder killer. Yeah. So in the final scene, Angela is making out with Paul. That was his dice clay moment where he dropped the fourth wall and got serious first. He's also, by the way, in the middle of like a crazy murder scene right after the beehive in the stall. Also, I just want to take a moment out of this movie to be like, shout out to my mom. Rest in peace. You so, do her girl. Appreciate the money for this film. Dude, there is an Andrew dice clay. Um, comedy special for women that is so fucking bad yeah and it's from the early 90s but he's like trying it's like a joke no for ladies only andrew dice clay for ladies only and it's like him giving like it's all jokes about how bad men are it's for real it's like hey you know i know i say a lot of shit about women but uh this one is for ladies only it's like can you imagine like women being like, well, I'm a feminist. I hate Andrew Dice Clay, but I think I'm going to check this out. It's like Carlos Mencia for women only. We're going to today's special is called Carlos Wimencia because it's women only, baby. Oh, on that on that shower scene. I know I get bogged down by these little details. Uh, she just is raw dogging a public bar of soap at a summer camp. Just raw dogging it straight to skin. She's not using a washcloth. That's disgusting, bro. Use a washcloth. You rub the soap on a washcloth and then the cloth on your body. This is pre-AIDS. Okay, before we get to the ending, let's just listen to a random bit of Andrew Dice Clay for ladies only. Okay, I don't know what he's going to be saying. So this joke could be horrible, but we'll see. We throw a nice one for you. He's doing but crowd the important work. thing is, you know, I used to talk about like the sheet throw this. this. What about you? What do you throw exactly? Yeah. What, what do you throw? What the fuck do you throw? Yeah. You don't throw shit. Classic That's Andrew Clay, incomprehensible. I think you come up with stand up. And- See what else throw? he's saying. Is he saying throw? Threshold. Hey, honey, pull my finger. Ah, you fucker. Machine. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's just this hear the is... intro. Let's hear the intro because he's making it's just notes. him sitting like it's like him sitting like uh in front of a, one of those dating, those old well now VHS it's saying, da- dating things. HBO presents. I'd like to dedicate the show to Red Fox for all the years of laughter. 
<laughs> and to George Schultz for opening a little club in Brooklyn called Pips. I'll keep them laughing. A Red Fox, baby. How you doing? You know me, Andrew Dice Clay. Well, welcome to my show called For Ladies Only. Now, yeah. you people know that when I do a show like this, before the actual performance, I do like a, a couple skits, a little movie part, you know, to fill you in on what the whole show's about. And I said, it's called For Ladies Only. So what happened is when I went up to HBO, what? <laughs> I said, look, I got a great idea. I changed my whole act because I'm ripping men apart now, which I think is pretty funny. Because let's face it, I ripped the chicks apart, right? And chicks are only going, uh, well, you know, well, what do you got to say this about? What about him? Doesn't he? So I put this whole show together, right? So I go, well, what are we going to do for the movie parts? So I had this idea, right? Dice dies. He goes to heaven. God's a chick. She says, all right, this is what I want you to do. There's a lot of problems with men and women. Go back, you know, go back to earth and, uh, <laughs> you know, straighten it out. Like, you know, so I'm saying, all right, that's good. That's a good idea. But now I go home and when I sleep, it's like I rewind the tape of everything I heard that day. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Maybe I don't want to do the whole God thing. Maybe I want to make it a little more realistic, right? So what did I do? They come up with Old this idea, the writer, he goes, all right, what if we paid you like in a real fat man suit? You know, like two, three thousand tons, because, you know, when you're frustrated, you eat a lot, you get real fat, that type of thing, bing, bang. What the fuck is he talking about now? Goes up, she tells you, all right, you can do it. You can make this work. Now go to the gym and work out. So I go to the gym. What happens? I don't know, man. It's just everything. My God is simultaneously the worst thing in the world and the funniest thing in the world. That was taxing to watch. Full ladies only. So he has a very, know, it's I, ro- I roasted the chicks. I uh, I ripped the chicks apart. I tear them apart. Now I'm going to tear, tear them apart. apart. Rip them in half. Now I'm going to fucking come at you guys. You guysy boysies. I'm coming for you boysy guysies. Hey. So I think he just does crowd work on the men in the audience. So he didn't even take time to write material to roast men. <laughs> He's just- it's crowd work. It's just the same it, shit. It's no funny. What they say. It's funny. It's called a uh, for uh, for late for the ladies, uh, but he's just literally only talking to men. He's literally just only doing crowd work, and he's only talking to the men. And then one of the women are like, "Hey, um, I've got a pain." He's like, uh, 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 talking to the men. This is for ladies only. I'm talking to the men. He's trying to rehabilitate his image. It was in hot water at the time. God's a fucking chick. He got banned from MTV. Dude, he got Angel- banned from Angelina, Angelina would, Dice Clay. She would have fucking Angelina Angel- Dice Clay. I, I used no. to be a boy. I used to be a boy. I put on lipstick. I put on a wig. I put, I on, put a dress. on a wig. I don't talk no more. Angela Dice Clay. Angela Dice Clay. Sleep away. Camp. Hickory to- dickory. Cock. It's gone. I'm a woman now. I'm killing all the guys who try to fuck me. <laughs> I'm killing all the guys. Uh, get your Paul Walker looking ass out of my face. I'm killing you. So at the end of the movie, everybody <laughs> they now know Angela's the killer. Ricky got beat up by the camp owner. They yeah. find oh, Angela he got on the beach. fucking Hulk smashed by the owner. At one time, the kid's on the ground and the owner is both hands, both fisted hands up in the air smashes down like the got like a goddamn gorilla on this kid unnecessary i could take a kid out in one swipe ricky goes down but he survives 
now Angela cuts off Paul's head. She stands up, and then the movie, the movie's final three or four shots are just her screaming like, like that, like just making a groaning, ghoulish, noise. just like a ghoulish. It's creepy, dude. It's great. Like holding a knife while you holding see a knife covered in blood, fully naked. Slow have- pan out. It's a slow pan out. And that's when you realize <sighs> she's got a dick. She was Paul the whole time. So. A lot of people today will call this movie problematic or, you know, it's transphobic, but it has such an incoherent point of view that I don't really know if you can. Yeah. Lambasted. There's no I, point. It's also like I, I guess you could say there is a homophobic. I also drew a picture of her doing the thing. Aspect to the parents' depiction. Ryan drew a picture of a look at that little thing I drew with a dick. Uh, I listened to the commentary for this part of the movie. They said they got a local college kid to shave his body, put on a wig, and hold a knife, and he's wearing a mask. I was wondering how they did it. If they deep faked it or what? So he's just it looked pretty mask. good. So that's terrible. not even no, that, no, no, no. that. Here's what it looks. There's a close up of Angela. That's very obviously her. And then there's a the camera pulls out cuts to a wide. And when it's you see clearly the a different person's body with huge arms, muscles, totally different body type than Angela. And when you think <sighs> back to the events of the movie, it's like. So because you kept seeing muscular arms killing people. The actress playing Angela is so weak, so skinny. Probably like 40 pounds. Wet. She's tiny. I think I have a theory on who the killer's body is at the end. I believe it is Andrew Dice Clay. Hmm. He would, oh my god sense. and at the in the final scene because they're they're zooming out yeah and it's a different body and then the final scene before it goes green and credits roll over it is angelina whips the knife over the top of her head around the back and lights yeah. it like lights a cig yeah she smokes a cigarette hey. over her with her arm over her shoulder and if you look closely she's wearing a leather jacket that says the dice man holy shit and it's also shot at um Dangerfield's comedy club in Manhattan, the same comedy club they shot. The oh Joker. my God. At the beginning too. It says in loving memory of red Fox, a doer. <laughs> hey, oh, I just want to say, uh, <laughs> RIP to red Fox. I love what you. the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Best my best friend, red Fox. We definitely hung out. It's amazing that HBO now, when you have a comedy special, it's like, um, what's his name? Carmichael Falcone who's the guy that had the the outing special Gerard Carmichael oh yeah yeah I know I didn't know that was an outing Nathaniel he like came out as gay for the special yeah and like 20 30 years ago it's just Andrew Dice Clay like doing comedy it's like yeah Andrew Dice gay dude the business has changed. Am I wrong? You well, know, people have. Also, Angie Dice Clay didn't have the internet. Angie Dice, a lot of these people back then, we were talking about this last night. Artie Lang is an example Fox. of this. It was so easy to be 
um, successful in comedy and entertainment in the 90s, in the late 80s to early, not to 90. Yeah, dude, you just had to be. Artie Lang is not a good actor and he's not funny. He's a sweetheart, probably. But he was just friends with successful people. He didn't really, he did stand up, but it was like. He got an SNL or no, he got a Mad TV. So he did stand up. There you go. No, he did stand. So remember when he drank bleach and stabbed himself nine times in a hotel room? Yeah. That weekend, uh, every week he was making 80, like 88 grand oh, yes, doing stand up. Yes. Okay. So what Artie Lang did was he was just he a was on Mad TV. He blew all the Mad TV money. When he was on Howard Stern, he could advertise his theaters, his yeah. theater shows. And he literally never wrote a new joke. I don't think he's written a joke even now. Maybe he has, but like he would do the same act, the same terrible act every week. That's weekend me, dude. I'm literally make, like, doing my act from 2011 still. He, uh, and then, yeah, he would sell out these theater shows because he could plug them on Howard Stern. So he was just like, it's like if you can plug your show on the biggest radio show, yeah, it's here's easy. a novelty. But people love Artie. That's what I'm Artie, saying. That's what I'm saying. And if the internet I'll existed like it does today, he wouldn't, nobody would have gave a shit. It would have been like a podcast. He wouldn't be doing theaters. He'd be doing like clubs or maybe, I don't know. It'd be like a podcast. Well, Joe Rogan. Or he'd have a, he'd have a niche. Yeah. But Artie well, Lang wouldn't talk like Joe, like Artie Lang is not an interesting guy like that. But Joe, if he was people on ask Joe him about Rogan's the show. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh, there is, you go. Yeah, yeah, I see it as a guest. Yeah. Now, like, but Joe Rogan was, didn't pop up till the early odds. I'll say this, though, about Artie Lang. He was extremely funny on Howard Stern, even though he did no preparation. He was the funniest part of the show. So he did deliver on the air. But yeah, his stand up was boring. funny at all. Now, but lots Beetlejuice of is the only one that's funny on that show. Gilbert Gottfried is another comedian who is really funny on the air but his Dude, his stand up is funny he has a stand up got... special called dirty jokes that's just old street jokes that you and your friends told each other as kids and it's like the most confusing thing i've ever seen it's young, like, I don't... young godfrey though doing his prop a lot of his prop humor shit is stupid it's so like it's stupid in such as he's like this is fucking stupid and then he's doing it he was like, he was alt. This is different than young Godfrey. This is like old Godfrey. He's yeah. like in, it's like early 2000s. He did this special. I mean. But young well, Godfrey's comedy was funny and unique and not right. enough nudity. You know, the biggest standups aren't always the funniest standups. No, in the funniest standups like Bill Cosby are all rapists. So don't trust the funniest ones. <laughs> That's why I like to stay mid. That's why I like to stay mid with my level of funny. Like, yeah, I'll say something funny here and there, but I'm not going to say something funny every time because the second I start saying something funny every time, people are going to think I'm a rapist. Russell Peters is like a huge comedy comedian, like worldwide. And it's like very average stand up. And he has a lot of scandals of stealing jokes. Who's the Italian guy? Same, oh, same so, kind so, of guy. Uh, Sebastian, so, Manisca Sebastian, Sebastian Maniscalco. Sebastian Maniscalco. And his last one's just him holding the spaghetti and meatballs up to the front of the cover of Huge. his DVD. 
my God. Another one who's huge now is Madge Jabroni from the comedy store. Madge that Jabroni? To, that guy used to play at like 1.30 in the morning and just bomb. He's like the biggest Middle Eastern comic now. Joe Coy. He's huge. Yeah, I, I owe Joe Coy $60. Yeah, Madge Jabroni's huge. I mean... There's lots of big stand-ups that aren't famous. Oh, unless, yeah, that guy. Oh. But they're famous. You know what I mean? It's like... That's what I'm saying. There's a niche. A niche. A niche. It hasn't gone away. No, you just have to, like, do it yourself now. You can't just get on a radio show and then say, I'm doing a theater next weekend and then sell out the theater. You have to, like, make an audience. It's fucking stupid so much work the reason i got into stand-up is to get paid to do nothing okay why did you think that was gonna happen <laughs> i said that's the reason i got into it i never said i thought it was gonna happen it was my best bet i looked at life and i go what i want to do in life is get paid to exist i want to just get paid to be me and i was looking at it looking at it and i go stand up that's people are getting paid to do that and all you got to do is be you and it works. You're like Andrew Dice Clay's himself on stage. He's simply getting paid. He's not a character or performing. That is himself, though. That is him. It's it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be a character. No, I get that. But even if he created that character, that's him. It's not like a new entity. He's still being himself. He would still be doing that character if he never did stand up. He'd be drunk, some drunk dude at a bar doing that hey hickory dickory and everybody like, shut the fuck up dude josh why are you talking like call me dice josh why the fuck you, are you really don't like think he's funny no are you i mean that was that was pretty on, funny dude. when it, when you when you just showed it it's just gargly goop everything he says is just gargly goop i remember i saw the scar brothers brothers also, you I can tell you can tell i'm getting a little twisted off the tee because when i start talking comedy i just i just don't like any of it the Sklar brothers told a story at UCB about they're funny. They were like, and I, and I don't like them. And they were like, yeah, we opened for Andrew Dice Clay and then, or he opened before us. And after the show, he handed the microphone to us and then dropped it on the floor. And I was the only person in the audience laughing at that. I, I mean, that's that was like funny. The <laughs> there was one time, last time I did South by, I did, um, um fuck what's her name one of those yep. uh white women comics who's like abrasive this is this is probably seven eight years ago fuck her voice is abrasive no no she's like i'm i've got a bad attitude i'm a conf strong confident uh woman she did a rap show whatever she was famous she Ooh. had like shows and stuff she did like a hip-hop freestyle thing and i wore my mike weebies uh, I wore Mike Weeby was doing a musical set with an orchestra. So he had a tuxedo and I thought it would be so funny or we thought it'd be so funny if I wore the tuxedo when he wasn't wearing it. And then we just took pictures of each other like TMZ style, like who wore it better. And so I did this show in Mike's tux and it was a nice tux and it was penguin tails almost down to the floor. And we were doing this rap show. And instead of doing like a freestyle rap like she wanted to do, um, I just kept promoting my rap album. 
and, and I, I didn't do any raps. I would just go up and be like, yo, by the way, uh, I'm not, I don't rap for free. This is a free show, but you can buy my rap album. And that, that was my bit that I was doing. And she was getting pissed. And uh, it, we had four or five different wireless mics and I kept pocketing She thought them. you were really plugging. She thought you were she really plugging. She just wasn't. She just sucked. She also sucked in the green room. God, I wish I could remember. It's Eliza Skinner. Name. Yes, that's who it is. She's a, she was, she's fine. Probably. I, I didn't, she didn't fuck around. Like I wanted to fuck around. And so I kept pocketing the mic and literally every like minute she'd be like, who took the fucking, give me the mic. Like she was actually upset. And I just kept pretending to try and steal the mic and then plugging my, she hated Like at the end of it, she's like that. I didn't like that. Like she just straight up was like, I don't, why that's not what the show's about. And I go, I know you were trying to do a comedy show where you freestyle rap. This is a stupid idea. <laughs> You had awful. comedian, you had comedians who can't rat. Like I get, that's what you're going for. I hate all that I, shit. Did I, you I like, ever? Did a fucking, you never I was did. doing a bit. I was doing a com. I was doing a dice clay bit, and you're getting pissed. Like fuck off. You ever do the um the naked stand up shows? No, dude. I'm so sick of this shit. <laughs> now you're going. I just saw on TikTok. There's there's a thing, and it's here in Austin, and it's stand upside down, and it's one of those exercise <laughs> things where you put your feet in and then you hang upside down and do like 10 minutes of Fuck your set yeah, upside bro. down. Oh boy. Fucking just do stand up. I'm sick. And then there's one where you have to run on a treadmill. There's one where you have to like eat a jalapeno pepper before you do your set. It's like, uh -oh. just do fucking stand up, dude. It's so fucking stupid. Dice clay. You know what? This is why I don't like dice clay. He started hey, all I've, this bullshit. <laughs> I've done a lot of wacky shit, but uh, I never done. Up. Now I'm doing stand up upside down literally i'm upside down i'm doing the that's naked what comedy roast. is comedy is dice clay now it's uh, well, ryan i hate to break it to you but when you're barely above an open micer this is what you do you just have idiotic theme shows this is your it never world. was like that when i was doing that when i was coming up it was never like that and check this out the cat the new comedy club that opened up here cap city yeah there ain't a single shelf in that building there's no shelves they build a new comedy club and it don't have shelves. So what's the matter? If someone falls over a big pot of boiling water, they have nothing. When to I started, to? when I started 14 years ago, 15 years ago, 17 years ago, probably 18 years ago, when I started around 21 years ago, the comedy clubs I remember, they had shelves, bro. What do you need a shelf for? What are you talking about? To put liquor on. Are you doing funniest person in Austin at Cab City? Never comedy? again. Preliminary. I, I got. I got up. second. I got second place in 2014. I got second place the year after that in 2015, and then I moved to LA. I made the most money on that contest than anybody else. What's the Glow Show? Is that a theme? Yeah, I just did that the other day. That's where I threw up before my set. The Glow Show is a traveling psychedelic comedy part party. Joey Z, it's fucking great, y'all. If you're gonna go to a Joe, uh, if you if he comes to LA often now, and he does yeah. Dynasty Typewriter. He had Reggie Watts on it last time. He had Danny Brown as a guest doing an interview. Glow Show's dope. Check it out. That's my new favorite show in town. I don't see a lot of theme nights, so. Yeah, because they're not, like, advertised. Dude, the funniest person in Austin and it's is, it's like, Creek in the Cave. Is, like, nine. It's, like, two two or three shows a week for, like, Check, okay. fucking months. Funniest, funniest person in Austin when I moved here. 
This it's is like, so boring to so many people. But the funniest person when I moved here September. in September. Yeah, listen, in 2010, when I moved to Austin, funniest person in Austin had about 150 participants. And that was a lot because there was only about 50 people in the comedy scene. So like 100 of these people were just the funny guy in the office. Anybody can sign up. Yeah. And it would last about a month. And then the semis would be about two weeks and then the finals. So it'd be about a month and a half. Uh, when I got set, when I started, I did it five years in a row. First year, I didn't get out of the prelims. Second year, I got in the semi or I got all the way to the finals. Third year, I didn't make it out of the prelims. And then the two years after that, I got second place. It's, it's a fucking crap shoot. It used to be judged by Comedy Central execs. And then you would go to Quebec and do just for last if you won. Now there's like, okay, 2015 was like 350 people or 290 some people signed up. Now it's like a two, four, five month long thing. It's PM punchlines comedy battle. Is that just a creek in the cave? I don't know what the fuck. I don't know anything about creek. Creek in the cave, Vulcan. That's its own entity. Dyketopia. That sounds like a good show. Oh my God, dude, I'm fucking done. I should have gone to crypto college or some shit. Queer comedy competition. Other okay, people, a dating comedy show. I thought you did that one. I did do a dating one and I won and I got the date, but I had to leave. So if you're listening, lady, forget your name. I'm surprised. Like if you made a sleepaway camp movie today, they would be at like comedy camp. I bet that's a thing now, right? There's like comedy camp. Yeah, like a clown camp. I'm sure Adam's gone to something like that or his wife did. There's like clown camps and shit. Second City Oh my summer, god, dude. Second City Summer Comedy Camp in Los Angeles. How many STDs are coming and going out of that camp? I mean, like an adult sleepaway camp for comedians. A lot. I saw this uh, funny meme that was uh, two roads merging, coming in on a they're they're singularity singularitying themselves, and on one side it says autism, and on the other side it says alcoholism, and then on the bottom where the roads merge it says uh, open mic comedy, <laughs> and it's like yeah, and you're right in the middle. No, I'm pretty pretty much on one side. I'm the point of view. I'm the helicopter flying above all of it. It's just you and Adam kissing in the middle. (sighs) Comedy and autism. Autism. Or alcoholism and autism. Alcoholism and autism. That's going to be the next, my next album title. What can we say about Sleepaway Camp? I mean, this movie is fun. It's a summer camp movie. It's yeah. Oh, speaking of shows, that used to be a show in L.A. Is that still a show in L.A.? It used to be a really good show in L.A. called Sleepaway Camp five know. years ago. The whole world's different and that's, now. That's the only time I've heard that name. And then I didn't realize this was like a cult classic movie until the final shot. Because I've seen a million posters with that. The green, you know, the green hue of the Angela yes. screaming. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I have seen this or know about this. I don't know what morals are. I'm going to give it a five star, though. This was pretty entertaining. 
I mean, it's like eh, actually four. I wouldn't rewatch. I probably won't rewatch. What do I give it four? I gave it four and a half, but it's more of a four. It's it's good. Fun with friends. I feel like if I'm going to rewatch, it's really stupid. I mean, to be used to my critical eye, I mean, there are scenes that are pointless. There are scenes that make no sense. Well, the whole movie is kind of pointless. But the fact that it ends on such a strong finale, you really have to give it points for because this movie is, I mean, like that's, you're going out on a high note. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that shit. Yeah, I don't need to see the police report, the what happens after. I don't need her to see her killed. No. You know, I don't care. It's not about like, oh, are they going to kill the bad guy? Is the bad guy going to run around and then now you have to kill them? It's like, no. No, they're just like shocked. They're just so, they're just like stunned. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, they walked in on a demon. She looked like a demon standing there screaming. Plus, it's like, in the story, this is a 13-year-old girl with a penis. 13-year-old boy who's been tricked to be, or thought, told that she was a girl. But look, they're showing that in the movie. Yeah. This is, they're using an adult male actor as the body devil. But like when you think about what the movie is, it's a it's showing a 13 year old Wiener. transgender penis at the end. I mean, this is like I don't even know if you could release this movie in today. It has so many. T- you couldn't like I don't even know if you would get funding. Like I don't even I, I feel like the actors in the movie would be like on Twitter apologizing before the movie came out. It would be so controversial. Like you know, the right wing media would go crazy. The left wing media would go crazy. Like this movie would just blow apart society. And yeah. it just, it came out. Here's what's crazy. The director said he didn't even know it was a big deal. He ended up working in like, a, like I said, a law, law firm. firm. <laughs> and, event, but people started like contacting him like, hey, you got to like do our podcast. You got you to talk about the movie. And he's like, that movie, like who cares about that movie? He didn't realize it was cult. I don't know how he didn't realize it because it was like when I saw this movie as a little kid, I used to watch all the Friday the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I like I remember Nightmare on Elm Street three very well. But some of those Friday the 13th movies just like blended in my memory. Sleepaway Camp was very distinct. It I'll I never forgot Sleepaway Camp. Even as a little kid, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like if stylistically even not so much the style, but it was just like this movie affected me as a child and I'll never, and I never forgot it. It was like, you'll never forget this movie if you see it because it's so fucking crazy. It's doing things that are so wrong. Like, and it just came out at the right time, 1983, like definitely by 85, this would not be. No, not a, yeah, it's too fucked up. So I love this movie. The sequels are goofy. Well, you said 30 years later. Well, there's two sequels from the 90s that are goofy that I don't really like. Did he do them? No. And what's funny is they cast Bruce Springsteen's sister to be Angela. And she's terrible, but it's just like... Okay, so yeah, what are the sequels? It's still Angela? Grown up now out out of corrections? 
So she goes to a mental hospital and she gets a sex change paid for by the government, which is like a funny joke. <laughs> and then like she punishes kids who are bad. What? Yeah, Sleepaway Camp 2. I just watched it in a movie theater. Like a couple That's a funny ago. premise. I want to, if the movie was just them trying to get the funding for this exchange from the government while she's in the mental institution or whatever, psychiatric ward. Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 were and shot back to back. Sleepaway Camp 2 is just a trial drama. I would love to see it. Sleepaway Camp 4. I, I have to pee. Do we have time for me to go camp. pee? Yeah, yeah. Sleepaway Camp 4, Return to Sleepaway Camp, is a sequel that stars the original cast and the original director. And it also includes Big Pussy from The Sopranos. And I haven't watched the movie, but I did see a screenshot where Big Pussy has a birdcage over his head and he's dead. So it looks corny. It looks cheesy. There's a smash a birdcage and the bird's going to peck the eyes out. I like that. There's a sincerity to Sleepaway Camp that really makes it work. We were doing shots of this ghost pepper chili vodka or uh, tequila last night. Ooh, it's coming through. It's coming back through, my guys. Spicy. Ripping your own asshole apart. You know, I ripped apart a lot of assholes. I'm going to let my asshole rip me apart. They called me, they called me Andrew Slice Clay for a while because I was slicing them cheeks. It was red clay, baby. Bloody shits. <laughs> I think he oh, needs guys. to go to the alt rooms and like work out some you know like, what a I, different crowd. You know what I did like is his show. Dice. His like Louis C.K. serious show. And Natasha Legero was his wife or whatever. Yeah. But I also love her too. She's great. It's pretty tough. It's pretty dope, dude. So that's my story. You know, Andrew Dice Clay, he came back. He was canceled. Yeah. Louis C.K. will come back. He's already back. My hometown club, Omaha, Nebraska, Funny Bone, Omaha, Nebraska, was the one of the first clubs to put him on. I bet Cosby's going to hit that bitch up, too. That would be the ultimate test. He's here. All those people come through Austin now. Joe Rogan's going to open his fucking ranch comedy club and it's just going to be like a weird cult. We'll see about that. He's sure taking his sweet ass time to open that comedy club. Because it's stupid. It's a stupid idea. What about Chappelle? He's up. He should just he should just do a festival. Chappelle probably would know what he's doing better. Joe Rogan's like a blowhard. You got to get on Joe Rogan and promote our podcast. I've been on it. What? Yeah. You didn't hear the episode talking about aliens and shit? Me and Duncan Trussell? You seem like a guy who would know Duncan Trussell. Yeah, I don't know him. I've worked with him 10 years ago. Want to hear my Duncan Trussell story? Yeah, if you, every time you talk as him you got to do his voice no so i'll do his voice in the story though so i'm at that's what i mean that's what i mean i'm in new beverly i'm watching black christmas one of my favorite movies slasher movie and in comes this 
extremely drunk guy with two girls. Okay. And they sit right next to me and then like, <laughs> just laughing during the movie, making jokes. Like the one thing you're not supposed to do at New Beverly is like make jokes. Like it's mystery science theater 3000. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy? And then there's like a raffle and he wins. And I'm like, oh my God, Duncan Trussell was sitting next to me the whole time. And he won and he wins like a prize. And he's like, oh, wow. Who cares? Like he doesn't even give a shit. And then that yeah, night is it the universe, the cosmos. Uh, we're all fucking alien singularity. Shut the fuck up and win up. Shut up and watch a movie. And he's with these two girls and they're like really young and they're like, <laughs> and they're like laughing and they like think it's so funny. And I'm like, God, he's such a dick. And then I go home and I actually like was subscribed to his podcast at the time. And I wasn't like a big listener, but I thought like, oh, I'm going to listen because it's like, I just saw him. I was just curious. And so I play his podcast and this is how it starts. This is the newest episode. And it's like cancer, man. Well, guys, it turns out I have testicular cancer and I'm half gonna, I'm undergoing cancer treatment. I'm like this fucking fake piece of shit. Like he's acting all serious and like silly. He's acting all serious on the podcast presenting himself to be like this kind of like altruistic, you know, heady, sensitive, yeah. sensitive person. And then I see him at the movie theater and he's just fucking around. I mean, I guess he's having fun, but like, I was like, this guy's a douche. It, that's exclusive. There's something that happened where in society, and this is like that whole, I guess the joke is like Atari. Now you see like football players wearing Atari. They used to be like clicks. There used to be jocks, nerds, geeks, prep, pop, like everybody had their place. And now it's like, which, which I'm fine with all inclusion or whatever the word is. Punks. We used to have, yeah. Ryan, but it was better. We used to have the white section and then we had the the black section section. and the non, and the non-white section. (laughs) We had smokers Uh, and non-smokers. But comedy is the same now, or, or drugs are the same. Now, like these douchey bros, are fucking oh, yeah. getting a hold of mushrooms in the last 30 years. I've been getting a hold of mushroom. Joe Rogan like smoked weed for the first time when he was like 40. And he's talking and he's talking. He's having these conversations that I had when I was 14. Maybe not anymore. I don't listen to his podcast. But when it was blowing up, everyone's like, dude, you got to check out Joe Rogan. It's so and he's like, dude, what if like aliens didn't actually build the pyramid? But like, what if we did and we just had better tech back then? And I'm like, dude, you're f- what the well, fuck? Did you Why know? How is he getting eight million an episode? Sleep talking Camp like was this. written on an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. Duncan Trussell and Joe Rogan were smoking weed, and they're like, "What if like <laughs> a, a girl was a guy and she was killing people? Let's deconstruct oh this. That would be so crazy, dude. Oh my god. Hey, uh, Brian, can you pull up? Um, that's funny. Can, Brian, can you pull up this um, chimp throwing poop at people? Oh, Brian, can you there? I saw that's fucking crazy how we should write that movie. Brian, um, can you um, show me that People picture of that, croc- uh, that crocodile doing math, that crocodile wearing glasses? It's like fucking crazy. It's like reptilians don't have brains like this, but they're like he's wearing eyeglasses. Can you that's what that, the fucking uh, podcast comedy special of Andrew Dice Clay doing the um, for um, only. Can you do the. But hey, hey, Brian, pull up the uh, you know who I who is very tangible is Brian Redband, and he's good friends with 
Chris, the other guy I do my podcast with. We might get him on our other podcast. <laughs> I saw Brian Redman twice in two years. Bro, I can't. Doing I got to stop talking on record. I'm just saying he's, you'll like him because he's a lot like you. He did the exact same jokes each time. <laughs> exact same set. But I think he might be doing stand-up more now. So I don't know. Here's the thing. I... Look, if your set works, it works, baby. I'm not joking when I say I'm still doing the same jokes from 2011. The difference is I'll do one of those jokes in a five-minute set, and then I'll do four minutes of bombing with crowd work. So people don't know know I'm doing the same joke because they don't hear them enough sequentially to know that I'm doing the same jokes. It seems like I make it seem like I'm doing crowd work. And I'll be like, oh, you work at this job? And then I got like four or five jokes about this job. And then I just sprinkle one of those in. And then the people are like, did he just make that up? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to any of that. I was queuing up Andrew Dice Clay and his intro for Ladies Only. Again? Oh, he's on stage now. Jesus, that intro was four minutes long. Oh, okay, so a heart open a on hearted, stage, oh my. and it's Andrew Dice Clay on a staircase. Is this Elvis? <laughs> Singing Elvis. Trust me, honey, everything's gonna be alright. How's it? It's like triple appropriation going on. His dancing is This is fucking funny, funny Ryan. Cool it, baby. You ain't got no place to go now. No, you want to know what some um look up I trusted you by Andy Kaufman. That's how you fucking sing a song. I'm telling you, look it up. We we probably this episode's probably already done. Let's just listen to a little. Let's listen to his intro, Stan. Yeah, I want to see his opener. Okay, this is how he opens. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Audience loves it. Even black people. Oh yeah, Philly baby. Philly of fucking Delphia. They're laughing. They can't believe it. The audience is going crazy. He said Phil of fucking Delphia. Here's my second HBO special I'm doing in Philly. Cause you were just too fucking good last time. Oh yeah. Gotta warm up the audience. Butter he walks up. away from the mic. Get that East Coast vibe going, you know what I mean? There we go. Here we go. He's setting us up. A few of you are going to pay tonight. Oh, yeah. One guy in the audience crossed his arms. <laughs> Did you see that guy? Go back yeah, 10 seconds. He, he wasn't was a, happy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> That's the big thing now. This guy comes over. Those vibe going, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A few of you are going to pay tonight. <laughs> That guy crossing he his looks, arms. He looks, like a plant. he looks like a plant. You know what I mean? People are starting to care today. Everybody's in rehab, right? That's the big thing now. This guy comes over to me tonight, right? I'm walking like around uh, 
What is it, South Street over here? Guy comes over to me and he goes, hey, Dice, you know, you don't know me, but uh, I haven't had a drink in 300 days. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Here's the deal. And he drinks. In the audience, it claps about it. Everybody's in rehab. Everybody's feeling good about themselves, working out, eating the right thing. <laughs> Everybody could go fuck themselves. Because you know what pricks people are. You're people. You know what I mean? You know the shit hey, you pull when you stop. Put, put on I Trusted You by Andy Kaufman. And you have to watch the whole thing, and it's like three minutes, so we might have to do this off air. He's on, so he's on I Trusted You. This is an actual music this is just for bands to come up on TV and do music. And he booked himself as an actual band and came on to the, got on this TV show. Here's a really brilliant new talent, a singer of such rare 1977 that we simply had to share him with you. It's an honor to welcome to the stage of the midnight special, the gifted Andy Kaufman. He's famous. He's on taxi. Yeah. This is comedy though, especially cause he's famous. Trusted you, I 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 trusted you, this is what the campers were saying to Angela at the end of Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Hey, I trusted you. It's punk rock, dude. He's inventing punk rock at this moment. Yep. Less people are getting excited in the audience. Okay, now he's going to get to the real song, right, Ryan? All right, all right. Okay. This guy's going crazy. One guitar. Just like Andrew Dice Clay. Cat. Hell of a song. That's comedy. That's fucking comedy. That like going out and singing an Elvis song? That's fucking stupid. Oh, he's coming back. Encore. Who's that guy? The host? Come yeah. back, Eddie. Come back. No, that's Bob. That's Bob Zamuda. 
now he's in. Now he's in the audience. Why don't you wear an orange jumpsuit, Ryan? I have one in my car right now. I'm not even lying. Wearing an orange jumpsuit and like do this on stage. This is Eliza. Eliza Skinner driving away. She's like, I trusted you guys. I can't believe you would make a mockery of my rap comedy show. <laughs> He's an improviser, I think. And the improvisers are always like, you know, they're always trying to do bits and they never want to break the fourth wall. And comedians just like destroy everything that they're on. Like anything, like just a show, it's like, well, it's let's fucking talk stupid, about the movie. Bro. And then you're just like, immediate spoiler you know like that's the comedian way it's just like deconstruct and destroy kind of no it's not my yeah a little i don't bit. like that i like i like playing i play a lot i'm i'm way more loosey-goosey than a lot of stand-ups as far as like i'll do those improv shows but here's the deal the point is to be funny and entertain a crowd so if your gimmick your bit ain't working your rap show thing ain't working then you gotta call an audible and I was that audible. All right. If you sure, say I so. bombed, sure, I ruined the show and I bombed, but I had fun. I trusted you. You're a drunken mess. <laughs> I wasn't as drunk then. Well, I think that's know, it. Make sure you go see Artie Lang coming back to the road. It's going to be on Creek in the Cave. Gilbert Gottfried. Probably. Andy Kaufman. Andrew Dice Clay. Buy my album. I can't die. Buy it on Vimeo. Watch it on Vimeo so you can see my beautiful face. I'm wearing a button up, a pearl snap button up that has a permanent avocado green salsa stain on the front of it. And my hair short. I Completely can't different die. person. Listen to the comedy album. Is the comedy album on Spotify? No, it was. So it was literally two weeks ago and then i checked two days ago and it, it's you can't listen to it it's on there but it's all faded it's it's on there but unlistenable it might not even be on there anymore this is upsetting. but it used so it used to be the whole album on spotify but that's not my record label doing that that was just somebody did that and then and then they took all that so you couldn't listen to it, but you could see all the tracks and then you could only listen to the Mike Weeby song that he does on it. Now that's gone. Now it's all gone. iTunes. We got to fix you, buddy. We got to fix you. Uh, are you excited for Andrew Schultz's new comedy special? Who? Andrew Schultz. Schultz. Oh, sure. It comes out. Ryan, we got to get you doing a crowd work special. Imagine, do a little crowd work. Uh, gentlemen only. For the gentlemen. And then I go and I just talk to women about how small their their significant other's wiener is. For ladies. I think you for need 40. to do a... So I do a 10-minute... The, the first special. 10 minutes is me doing an EP, singing an Elvis EP. So I'm not even doing my own material for the first 10 minutes. I'm singing somebody else's songs. For the ladies. Poorly. But for the gentlemen. And it'll be WAP. I'll be singing WAP. I think you for need to gentlemen. wear an orange jumpsuit and you got to be for the men only. And it's got to be all like soldiers in the audience. It's just soldiers. And they're like cheering and they're like, 
in uniform soldiers and you're singing share and they're just like do you believe in life <laughs> yes. after war and i just yes. change the words to be uh military military right Ryan White from Russia, and it's just for the Russian soldiers on the front line. I'm just on the wall of Ukraine. Is there a wall there? <laughs> they're inv- as the they're invading Ukraine. God damn, Ryan's desperate for gigs. Do you believe in love after war? And then the Russian, the Red Army runs past me. I'm. It's like Mad Max Fury Road. I'm the guy with the guitar on the top of the car, just singing "Share." You crowd surf and they like fondle you. <laughs> They're just molesting you. Do you? But I don't miss a note. Actually, it helps because certain fondles. Do you believe? What did your doctor tell you? Or what did he, he said, say? Sing, the doctor he said, said he said turn your head and sing share. <laughs> and then he played with my balls. And you said. He said, this physical's over when you sing every lyric to Do You Believe in Love After Life? Life After Love? He said something like, God damn, that feels good. He goes, that, I'm going to need two hands for this hog. That's what he said, mostly. All right, well. He had tiny hands. I don't remember what you said at the beginning of the episode, but I can't figure out the callback. I have a huge hog. He, the, the callback is, my doctor was not a pedophile until... I walked into his office. <laughs> and then a sleepaway camp, she pulled her saw, dick out. It's a Dirk Diggly. And the colonel's like, ah, damn. Thank you very much, Angela. Got to put you oh in a my movie. God. Can, you, can you edit? Can somebody do a quick edit of that scene? But when it pans out, it's just a way too big of a hog. It's like down to the knees. Like it's way too big. And that's the only edit change. It's just the size of the dingus. And make it too big and tiny balls. Keep the balls tiny. Or a long, skinny one that's like touching the ground. It's somehow more disturbing than the fact that this kid murdered 14 people in like two weeks. This camp is going to get shut down. We're ruined. Moral of the story, don't have kids if you can't watch them all the time, summer or otherwise. I know you got jobs. I know you got work. Don't send your kids to summer camp. Also, don't go sailing because you'll probably get run over by a boat and then one of your kids will grow up being the opposite sex. I'm the ant in this situation. Look, if, if you're going to ch- secretly change your child's sexual identity, you're going to get found out eventually. It's not going to Unless work you're a forever. doctor. You can't just grow their hair long and expect to have people be like, well, it's a girl. Worked for me. I just draw on this fake beard and y'all are like, yeah, he's a guy. You're special. They're like a boys don't cry situation. I cry all the time. I got to go cry out of my wiener again. Is that how you pee? I squirt a little liquid out of my dingus every now and again. Yep. Salty tear. Are we coming back or are we done? We're done. That's the end. (laughs) Pour one out for America. One salty tear. Next month, we're watching... Movies, all road trips, road to nowhere. We're going to road trips. These are road trips with an existential element. Crises. These are people on the road, where they're going. It doesn't matter. It's all about the de- it's all about the journey, not the destination. Eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love, everyone. Good night. Thank you. <laughs>